Welcome back to the Three Questions Podcast. In today's episode, the guys will tackle cremating a loved one. Does it go against biblical instruction? What are some of the things that you guys have questions about as far as Christianity? And then finally, how can I help my friend in poverty while keeping their dignity intact? Our prayer today is that this podcast would help you share the gospel with someone. So let's not wait any longer. Here's today's episode. Welcome to the Three Questions Podcast. We take questions from our church family, do our best to answer them from a biblical worldview. All of us get the privilege to serve the Lord's Church here locally at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. Doug Melton is our lead pastor. Randy Whittall is our pastor of missions and evangelism. Jeremy Johnson is our pastor of media and community outreach. My name is Daniel Snow, and I get to be pastor of discipleship and young adults. And ways that you can turn in questions for the Three Questions podcast are you can text 505-258-2076. You can email podcast at myshpc.com with the number three. And or you can go to the website myshpc.com slash contact. And we will always keep those questions anonymous. And really, please keep sending them in. And it's helpful, it's helpful to us, to be honest with you, to, to think through these things, talk through these things, and hopefully it's helpful to you and, and even somebody you may not even know yet that also listens. So um, so we are going to jump right in today, and uh, the first question is one that we have had the opportunity to address before, but it was quite a while back, and, and if just by way of reference, if you do want to, it's... It's in episode 11, and the question has to do with cremation. But we figured this is good because it is a very common, common question. And it's basically this. Cremating a loved one, does it go against biblical instruction? And and that is, boy, I tell you, I I would say I I go maybe only once every two weeks that I don't hear that question. And really, the whole issue of death and dying, Mm -hmm. I I think, is really prevalent right now. I think COVID has certainly contributed to that. Absolutely. That it is much more on people's minds and and they're thinking about it. And, And also, uh, societal views towards death and dying. Uh, I think people are understanding are starting to come in conflict with biblical yeah. views of death and dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so guys, one of the, one of the concerns I, I would uh, want our listeners to hear that I'm starting to see in our society is that when, when a loved one dies, um, I, I hear a lot of families that, well, we're, we're just not going to do anything. And, and I want you to know, they're not coming from a financial standpoint. It, it's not that, um, well, we don't have the funds. It's just, just well, our loved one really said, oh, yeah, y'all don't need to do anything. But, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes our loved ones, we, we say, oh, no, I don't want y'all to make a fuss or, right. or anything like that. And I'm afraid maybe sometimes we swing that pendulum a little too far where, yeah, we're just not going to do anything. And and I, I, I hope folks will understand that the Bible really shows us that there is an honoring that needs to take place and uh, and, and that grieving is a part uh, and, and that we also need to keep in mind that we don't all grieve the same. Mm-hmm. And, and there may be one sibling in a family that says, oh, yeah, we, we don't need to do anything, but there may be another family member that 
well, I'd kind of like to see us do something, yeah. you know, to honor and remember this person. And so grieving really is something that we need to remember and, and that we see evidence of in Scripture. As far as cremation goes, I don't see any biblical prohibition against cremation. And as a matter of fact, I'm thinking that. Right, in First Samuel, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, whenever we go to Israel uh, on a trip, we always go to Beit She'an, which was the spot where uh, Saul and Jonathan were killed in battle, and the Philistines actually hung their bodies on the wall of the city. And in First Samuel, we find that the, the that the brave men, the the mighty men of Israel, went and fought to recover those bodies, mm. and then they were cremated. They were burned, and the ashes and the bones that were left from the cremation process were then buried in a specific spot uh, in in Israel. So. I think we get a couple of lessons there. One is there's a biblical example of creation. It wasn't condemned in any way. And so I think I think we can take that as a as a at least one biblical reference to it, even to a king. Yeah. But the point. other was a little bit of what you said, Doug, that whole idea of an honoring. We understand as believers that this body is just it's just mortal, it's flesh and blood, it's not who we are. And when we die, we're no longer in that body. But yet, here you had the mighty men of Israel who were willing to risk their own lives to honor the bodies of their king and his and, and his son. Yeah. And so, you know, I do think there is uh, that biblical desire for us to not necessarily honor the physical body of the dead, but to honor the life of, of somebody. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, and with with all of this, we are wanting to keep in mind that that when it comes to the issue of death and the end of life, we're we're still is, we're still dealing with issues of dignity and the image of God, which we absolutely want to honor. Absolutely, and um, and so there's, I think there's supposed to be a healthy mixture there of honoring and the real grief process that is absolutely allowed and and. God gives us permission to walk through. In fact, he says he'll walk with us um, and all of that. Um, and we're also, we don't see biblical mandates for us to somehow harm the family economy through this process or go into major debt that is just harmful or, you know, and so I understand that there's those kinds of considerations as well when it comes to cremation and, and just the cost involved versus burial and all of that. Absolutely. And, and so I don't think people, as they are trying, to, like like you said, there needs to be an honoring and not just a, hey, you know what, let's just keep moving on. Um, there needs to be an honoring, but I don't think there's a biblical mandate that it has to break the bank, so to speak. Absolutely. Right. And, and guys, you know, also grieving as Christians, we need to understand we are supposed to grieve. That's right. I think sometimes as Christians, again, we can swing the pendulum too far of, oh, we're no, we're supposed to be happy. They're in heaven. Well, absolutely. We we do. There is an element of rejoicing when our loved ones in Christ go to be with the Lord. There is an element of rejoicing, but uh, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept, and that was at Mm-hmm. The death of Lazarus. Yeah. Jesus did grieve. What Paul says is we are to grieve. We just do not grieve as those who have no hope. That's right. And and I'll put in a little plug for our grief share ministry that we do here, which is a extremely useful tool for helping people 
to work through the grieving process. And even people who don't think they're grieving are, uh, there's a grief. It's just a, it, it is a result of loss. And I, I'll just say this since we're talking about the, the economic impact of, of burial and, and dealing with death. Mm-hmm we all know we're all going to die. Yeah. And so it's not a surprise, shouldn't surprise us that we die or that people we love, our loved ones die. And one of the things that we know about grief and that we've learned, we learned through this grief share process is when you're in the middle of grief is a horrible time to be making difficult and, and long impacting decisions, you know, mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do now? Do we have a funeral? Do we not have a funeral? Where do we bury him? Do we not bear? Are we going to cremate? Or are we not going to? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these can be made in advance. And so I would encourage believers to, to think about that in advance, ask your loved ones, what, how would you like yeah. to be remembered or, or whatever? And, and, and plans can be made uh, uh, ahead of time so that, when that moment comes, it's not uh, you and a family in the midst of your mourning and pain trying to make decisions at that moment. That's right. And and I, I hope our listeners will also remember that uh, if there are lost people in your family, a any even a graveside service can be a, a good opportunity for mm-hmm. people to hear the gospel, exactly yeah. the good news, and and so d- keep that in mind as well. Whenever you're thinking through what should we do, it's a good opportunity for your family members to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it cannot we cannot help but recognize that we are all going to cross this bridge. That's right. When we're at a funeral, and that's appropriate. We're supposed to recognize right. that. Um, just for the sake of of Given the full picture, I do want to just put out there, I, I would say the arguments that get brought up about burial when possible against cremation would be um, that that cremation has a lot of its roots, although just like Randy said, not all of its roots, but a lot of its roots in kind of pagan rituals and false religions. Okay, that that's that's one argument. Um, another, but lots of pagan and false religions bury their dead too. Sure. So. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Um, and another one would be um, that it cremation can give the picture of kind of annihilation opposed to resurrection. So those are the main two arguments I've ever heard. Now that being said, I I just completely agree with what you guys have said. We can't find anything in Scripture that says that there's that this is against. God's instruction. Right. Um, and one question that I've heard that is a great question regarding this is, does this have any bearing on the future resurrection when Jesus returns? And we have to just say wholeheartedly, no, it has no bearing on that. That is right. Revelation 20 verse 13, and the sea gave up its dead because back in Paul's day and Jesus day, they just had to toss them overboard. Yeah. Right. Right. You're in a ship for months. So it's, it's so, so yeah. And both sharks, everything else. Yeah. And the sea gave up its dead. The Lord will be able to gather together. That's right. And both Genesis and Ecclesiastes remind us that from dust, we were formed to dust. We return. Mm -hmm. Even if you bury somebody, that body does not remain intact, you know? And so, um, no, this, uh, however a loved one dies or is, uh, or is however the burial or the treatment of the body is handled after that, there's, it has no bearing on what our, 
Lord's able to do at that resurrection time. So good. Okay. Thanks, guys. Next question is, what are some some of the things that you guys, so it's a it's it's flipping the flipping the scales back on us, flipping the question back on us. What are some of the things that you guys have questions about as far as Christianity? Wow, what a great because especially in in the series that we've been doing on Sunday mornings, I've been reading a lot about the last days. Mm-hmm. And guys, the more I read, the more I'm I'm I know the Lord's coming back. Sure. Yeah. But <laughs> The details. You know, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so I would say those, those are some things I have questions about because theologians that I respect say, uh, no, we'll be here for part of the, the suffering and the tribulation. And then I've I, some I respect say, oh, no, the Lord will take us out and, and we won't be here for any of the. And so I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. that, that would be probably something that is still a mystery to me. Absolutely. Yeah, there are some of those for me. Uh, there are a couple of those trivial things like that. I wonder again, in is uh, what age will our resurrection bodies be? Well, I, am I going to be? Yeah. Am I still going to have a bald spot and be gray headed when mm-hmm. I get uh, when I get to heaven? You know, uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, which doesn't matter. But it's I just sure, I sure hope so, Randy. <laughs> yeah, sure we're not so. going to know you. Otherwise. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Same I want me, you guys actually. to recognize me when <laughs> you're going to be walking me. around looking like Pistol Pete up there. <laughs> that's that's right. what's <laughs> chaps, and you're just going to be. Um, yeah, I would love to have that lo- long flowing hair. <laughs> <laughs> A man bun. (laughs) I can't wait for this, actually. (laughs) Uh, But there are some deeper questions, and they're questions that have bothered theologians forever. The the question over free will and the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. You know, we all, we discuss this, uh, and we we read about it, and and just as you said, Doug, very, very respected theologians from every generation— People who love the Lord with all their heart and love God's word with all their heart mm-hmm. don't can't can't reconcile this, yeah. you know. And so I, but again, like Daniel said a while ago, this is part of the wonder of God. There, we must recognize that there are things that we as mortals are never intended to be able to understand. They're yeah. mysteries that God keeps for Himself. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's by design, that there are some of those uh, that are kind of the bigger bigger issues. And I would so I'd definitely include what you said about God's sovereignty, human responsibility, just the triunity of God. Oh, yeah. Um, the, or maybe the perfect divine and human nature of Scripture or Jesus' perfect humanity and deity. I mean, all these kinds of things. I think there's some of those that we probably will never have full understanding of. And it's supposed to leave us in wonder Mm -hmm. at the greatness of God. Uh, But then, but then I also absolutely would agree with you guys. There's some that are, I think there probably are going to be answers to. I definitely, and maybe there's some that we'll get to know in this lifetime, but maybe not until eternity. But so for me, some of those are like, are broken bones possible in the new creation? We're going to have resurrection bodies that we know are never going to die. And it would seem like the laws of physics are still going to apply, but I just don't, I don't, I don't know how that works. I'm going to address that one. There's no (laughs) way we can have broken bones, Daniel. I don't know. 
<laughs> well, I, but there's that suffering, isn't it? It is. And so it seems like no, but maybe unless they just like self heal is, I don't know, but like, we're still going to be doing physical things. Yeah. And so I just, I'm, I don't you're, know. You're, I, yeah. I mean, to me, that's a great question. Even if it's not a broken bone, but it's like, you know, are we going, we were, I feel like we were created as men and women to do these physical things, which sometimes result in, you know, getting cuts, bruises, yeah. scratches, you know, bumps on the head, things like that. Are we going, right. is that going to happen or are we going to be able to play football without pads? Cause we know we can't be hurt. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. Like I said, it's not super important. It just, which is by the way that I truly think about is rugby. <laughs> football without pads that's just rugby. that is rugby yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah and, and so along with that we we will be working mm-hmm. oh, in sure. heaven absolutely. I, I absolutely believe that in new heaven and new earth but what's that are we going to be building homes right or, yeah we won't be curing diseases that's right Doug with a wheelbarrow out there every day. Every day. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. <laughs> Laying bricks. <laughs> they're, they're still going to be stables to shovel. <laughs> so Do, do dogs know, make it to heaven? We did talk about that Yeah, one. dogs yeah. make it, but cats don't. That's right. what you yeah, we definitely right. know there can't be cats. Okay, just, yeah, just double check. That must be part of the curse. <laughs> we just lost half the audience. <laughs> Emails was, are already yeah, starting to pour in. That was Daniel Snow <laughs> at D. Snow at. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, maybe we should move to the next question. Okay, la- last question is, how can I help my friend in poverty while keeping their dignity intact. Oh man, I, we have been doing this small group Bible study uh, that's called Helping Without Hurting. It has really been instructive mm-hmm. uh, on a biblical basis. Yeah. And and part of it comes with our definition of poverty. Okay. Yeah. You know, we in America define poverty in a very different way than most of the world defines poverty because we tend to always look at it as a lack of material resources. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas really the Bible defines poverty more in terms of, uh, as this book explains of broken relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, the poor in spirit are, is a type of poverty uh, as well as those who lack food and, and clothing sure. and things like that. But, um, but I think when you, the, uh, the question is a great question because we do really want to help people in a way that helps people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the questioner really recognizes the fact that there's more at play here than just, I don't have enough money to buy something I yeah. want. It's dignity. Mm-hmm. It's dignity. And, and when you, in some of these uh, interviews they did in this class, when you listen to people from other countries define their poverty, they never talk about the things they don't have. They talk about the respect, the honor, the dignity, the self-worth mm-hmm. that they feel like they don't have. And so, uh, you know, we look at relief in three or four different stages. One we, we call actually relief. It's, it's, it's crisis. I mean, we're talking about a tornado comes through, there's flood, a tsunami. You've got people who have no clean water, no clothing, no shelter. And that's, that's an immediate response that, mm-hmm. that, that I think we definitely see biblical 
we see biblical thing uh, mandates to do that. You and know? the idea there is kind of stop the bleeding. Exactly. Like that immediate is immediate exactly help. Right. Yeah. I was naked and you clothed me. I was hungry and you gave me yeah. to eat. That, that, that's that stop the bleeding. But then we also see what goes on beyond that is this idea of from relief to rehabilitation. This is where we help walk with people uh, in, in, in sort of a recovery type of thing. Maybe that's walking with them as they rebuild a home, they rebuild a business, they rebuild a community or a life Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then you go into development. And this is that area where they are now stepping out there. They are help. They are making progress out of their situation of need. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. They're starting to to do things with initiative on their own. Exactly. And then this isn't in the book in in this class, but something I say, and I think the next one then ultimately comes what we call restoration because that poverty of broken relationships with other people, with God, with, with community and with self, that lack of self-worth, all of that has to be restored. And, and, and the, Biggest one, of course, is that that self worth, which comes from God, is that restoration of who they were created to be, that dignity that comes from being an image bearer of of the King. Yeah, uh, is has to be has to be restored. Yeah. So it seems like when when we're we have a friend or anyone that we we're coming across, we I think a question to ask is 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 it a sudden crisis? Like, is this something that wasn't happening and now has happened and and if so then relief you kind of that quick mm-hmm. immediate help to you know we say stop the bleeding to whatever it is um or but then we also need to ask the question is is it not that is it more of a way of life that right. this person is in it's not just an all of a sudden thing this has been a thing for a long time and if, if it's that, well, then it's not going to be that same kind of relief we need to give. It's going to be more of the, the rehabilitation and development where it's going to be, this is not going to be a short-lived deal. That's it's right. going to be a long-term relational thing. And with the goal of not just, I'm going to do this for you, but I'm going to walk with you. That's right. Uh, whenever the scripture talks about God is our help, that that word in the Hebrew, it really does talk about God alongside of us, that's right. and that's I think that's the picture. Mm-hmm. Well, even the Greek, the, the the Holy Spirit's called the Paraclete. That that that's that helper alongside you that's that right. walks with you. That's right. Yeah, and so I, I'd I'd say one of the quick answers here is going to be, it's going it's very difficult to 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 address a poverty a, a scarcity of material needs. Um, in a way that that doesn't come across as condescending, you yeah. know. And so I would say yeah, that's important. That's important. You, you, I would say, plan if you really, if you really are wanting to help your friend through a tough time and maintain dignity, you need to just like you said, we'll go plan for this to be a long haul ministry mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to be there to walk with this person through it, not just basically write a check and walk away. Yeah. That's good. And I would just add one more thing that that comes to mind is that really ask yourself, do they want the help? Right. Um, And, and are they open to the help? Uh, Because if they do, well, that's great. Then this is an opportunity. If they really don't, um, well then 
that's that's a whole different scenario and i i honestly don't think that we have to feel called and obligated to force ourselves uh, into someone's scenario that they just don't want Correct. Um, or into a scenario that actually just feeds a problem yeah. rather than helping somebody escape from a, a, a cycle of maybe poor choices or poor circumstances. Yeah. Um, it's kind of that whole, you know, um, Henry Black could be experiencing God, you know, where is God at work and how can I join him? Right. And if someone is open and, and wants to help, then that's an opportunity possibly yeah. to join God. That's right. And to help them. Yeah. Where's God at work and how can I help this person join where God is working? That's good. That's good. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for always these just really helpful sharpening conversations. And thank you guys for sending in questions that, that do sharpen us. And wow, do they ever. Yeah, it's really awesome. And thank you, Jeremy Johnson, for producing this podcast. And thank you guys for, for listening and making the time. And if, if it's helpful to you, just know you can subscribe or you can rate or you can share this podcast and, and maybe that could help someone else. Until next time, remember that the God of the Bible is never surprised or offended by our honest questions. Mm-hmm.